Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, how are... Adam? Hey, Adam. Hey. (laughs) Adam, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this episode after it's been delayed. It, how many times? We couldn't really figure that out before we started recording. So there have been three release dates uh, and Oof. what for, for the movie The New Mutants. And what I have learned is that we've rescheduled this for every one of their release dates. <laughs> I feel like we've been planning to do this episode literally since we started doing the show. Yeah, literally since we started doing this show three years ago. That's wild. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Yeah, um, it was originally... Originally, this thing was supposed to come out uh, April 13th, 2018. We started our wow. podcast in wow. August. Or no, July <laughs> Uh, no, it was August. It was August of 2017. So, like, we knew it was coming, and we said, okay, we want to do Demon Bear. I want to do Demon Bear. Adam wants to do Demon Bear. But we're going to we're gonna put it right here because, hey, April's just <laughs> around the corner. We can get that media synergy going. And we didn't because I don't know. Adam, is it ethical for us to go see this movie? Because I do not think it is. <laughs> Well, I it's think so this funny. is the ethical alternative to going to see New Mutants. It's so funny because I feel like um, there've been so much. There's been so much apocryphal storytelling around the release of this movie. Like, you know, when will the reshoots happen? Will they be able to get the cast back together? Blah, is blah, Warlock blah, blah, blah. now going to be in this? Which is a right, wild right. thing to rework are, are into spend... a script. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, and now. It's, it has come to light, you know, beyond the whole, like, who has the streaming rights, which I guess is still HBO, is that uh, in an interview with Collider, Josh Boone did say that they have to release it theatrically before they can do anything else. So I, if you're going to a drive-in movie theater, I think you're good. Um, in fact, I, think, I know. I think there's no way we can justify saying it's unsafe to go sitting in your car by yourself in an isolated bubble watching exactly. this on a bad projector. Right. Now, if you actually have a real live movie theater, I would think twice. I don't know if that's a, the best use of your time, and I don't think that this movie is worth risking your life for. Oh, it's probably going to be bad, is the thing. Hey, who knows? But the the, the, the the most recent versions of the trailer have not left me super inspired, but I don't wanna I don't wanna trash it without having seen it. So uh guys, okay, be well interesting. I have seen the first two minutes because they showed it at Comic Con live, which no one watched. Um The movie opens up with an old Indian proverb. Yes. And th- this is the way they describe it, not me. Mm-hmm. That there are two bears inside you. Two. <laughs> one good and one evil. 
And they are always fighting for control over your soul. Okay. And that's a meme, is the thing. That's an actual <laughs> for real meme. Oh, it really on, does on the feel... Internet. Yeah, it really does feel like the uh, the footsteps poem, and yet when I turn around, it's just bare paw prints. And uh, oh, I don't know. We'll see where we're going. It, it yeah, is fascinating. we're going. We're going to some interesting spaces. Uh, but instead, uh, you can just listen to us talk about the stories that inspired uh, this, because the first story we're going to talk about today is. Demon Bear! Yes! Finally, after three years, we're going to talk about the Demon Bear. This is I'm so cool. So, I'm so excited to finally talk about Demon Bear. Adam, do you, I was you know excited about to, Demon Bear? Yeah, I was excited to reread it because, uh, because we've been delaying it so many times. I've been holding off, um, which means that I did not have the opportunity to take my massive Bill Sienkiewicz... Uh, idw artist series off my shelf and uh and dig through this which is i i before we even talk about it i just have to say what an amazing story like hey demon this is good yeah um and i think the thing that really drove it home for me was um going through new mutant 17 and on the last page, seeing the way in which the demon bear is illustrated in the last two panels of that uh, particular issue leading into this story. Because uh, the artist in, on that one, I think, is uh, Salvishima. Yep. And uh, man, it's done in like just such a, a, a regular old house style, like the, the first dozen it's just or so bear. issues. And it's just uh, bear. I think I know that we're a podcast, but since we're live, like opening the page to this amazing, um, like splash page of Danny in this quilt with this crossword puzzle design and the bear coming out of it is just so stunning. Like this is a, a real sea change in terms of what art was capable of in a comic book. Hey, you can't call them X babies anymore, Adam. Uh, uh, no, no, you cannot, because <laughs> they are people. They look like people now. Hey, uh, sh- should, should, I assume if someone's on a podcast and are listening and they, they know that the podcast is about ranking every X-Men story from best to worst, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that they know that New Mutants 18 through 20 was written by our great, 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 great grandfather, Chris Claremont, with art by Bill Sienkiewicz, the Greatest of all time. So good. Bill, <laughs> Bill, you did it. I mean, his uh, run on Lundwine this book does the is... colors on this one. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, Tommy Ors does the letters. Legend. Legend. Uh, no dispute. And Ascenti edits. It's a pretty so we should... good team. I, I think we do need to recap this because um, I was shocked going back through it and going, wait a minute, I don't remember some of this. Like, I had a thought, I had a very clear picture of what this story was, and yet I'm opening it up, and, like, one of the first things I'm seeing is Rachel Summers remembering Charles Xavier's assassination. She does show up in the 616 on that one. Uh, Wild. There's some interesting interstitial stuff that happens here. So you get that Rachel Summers... 
uh, beat that's going to play into. Uh, thank you, Adam. For Adam, Adam has beautiful visuals for our watching audience here. <laughs> for um, our listening audience, they're like, "Wait, what? Why is imagine, that? Why is imagine silence? a really good double-page spread with Charles Xavier just getting blasted by a shotgun." Man. Yeah. Um, um, there's also there's that also, warlock uh, interstitial at some point. Yeah, our our good our good space buddy warlock. He's not on the team yet. That'll happen in the slumber party. But he also he's doesn't. Coming. He doesn't sound like Warlock quite yet. You know, he's they just they didn't know what to do with him. No, yet. no, he, he's not quite there yet. Um, uh, but what is there is these three issues. Uh, and it's interesting. The first issue is all about Danny Moonstar. It's hyper focused on her, her struggle with a demon bear that murdered her parents. And how she's like, screw it. I'm going to get my grandpa's bow. I'm going to go out <laughs> to the woods and I'm going to shoot this bear. Uh, she uh, she does pretty well until she really doesn't. I mean, it's worth also, and this will be the last thing that I show the camera, but no, for those won't. of you who you know are watching, won't. this page of Danny, and when we finally get the full body of the like three, maybe four story tall demon bear is just what a page turn, man. It's absolute incredible. Beauty. I know I know we give Bill Sienkiewicz a lot of credit, and no one would say that Bill Sienkiewicz is not a known or appreciated artist in comics, but I mm-hmm. still think Bill Sienkiewicz is a little underrated. <laughs> like, we think of him as really good. I think he's even better than that, kind of. I, I am blown away here by his use of page, um... I was very struck this time by the use of negative space, Um, like a surprising amount of white page left over or Mm -hmm. environments where walls or floors are left textureless, but they're still contoured in a way that really add to the, the, the dimension and like the, the weird bending of this reality, because while you said the first issue is about Danny hunting the bear, yep. the second two issues are all set. It's it's an interesting little, you know, uh, cube within a cube because the, the new mutants are, are in the hospital with Danny getting surgery, but then yep. they're sucked into this other realm to fight the demon bear. Um, so it has yeah, this the Badlands, distorted, the demon bears home, right? This distorted abstract reality. Um, which very, this was the other thing that I had not really thought about, but very, very influenced by Ralph Steadman, um, the illustrator of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I, I hadn't really put those things together until I looked at the Badlands issue again this time. Um, really, really strong connection between the typography that he's using for the titles, the way he's using little blocks to indicate the map of how much Demon Bear is infested. Oh, the it, area in darkness. Uh indicates uh lands where the demon bear controls yeah it's it's really cool like the just the the motifs that he's using is only three issues too that was another thing that i had not remembered yeah demon bear is economical Mm -hmm. in ways that a lot of stories aren't it's incredible visually just an absolute stellar visual treat it also has a really interesting and fun 
bit of character moments because that first issue is about Danny. The second issue is really about the whole team, just, you know, what they mean to each other and how they are going to work together. Everyone gets a little bit to shine there. And then the third issue is really a showcase for Ileana Rasputin Magic, who at yes. the time is a very new character to the book. Well, this, and they this do not trust been, her. Yeah. <laughs> no. They know, oh, she was a demon sorceress and spent seven years in limbo. That doesn't sound great. Uh, yeah. And they're like, whoa, this girl can, you know, teleport people to limbo with demons and stuff. Like, they are scared of her. Um, and, and they yet should it's, be. But they're very lucky to have her around because if not, they would not have been able to defeat the bear. Yeah, because she has a magic sword that can dispel spells. Uh, yeah. And also, she has cool body armor that she makes. Uh, it's great. And, and, and that's new to this this story, too, because she's learning about her own power. She really doesn't know what she can do yet. Yeah, well, she's just been on the team for, what, one arc? It's been a very limited amount of time. Um, but I, I don't think we've really talked... We haven't talked at all about what the demon bear really is. And I think that that's an interesting component because... Uh, because the visuals drive this story so much, the actual explanation of what the villain is is saved really for the last possible moment. I mean, it's only the last couple pages that we realize that this is kind of a curse that has been put upon Danny's parents. Um, and when they arrive back after Ileana is able to, to, to kill the demon bear, um, it's it's an interesting reveal that is not really investigated at all. Well, it 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 pulls away like the hey, the demon bears this thing that has been haunting Danny. So thematically it works that you know, if she's haunted by the death of her parents, literally the thing that's chasing her is the death of her parents. Literally the thing that she is most afraid of is the demon bear and the demon bear is a curse made up of that thing that she's afraid of, which I think is neat. Uh, it does mean you can't use the demon bear again. Okay. I think that that's <laughs> going to be very important to this particular episode. Um, but it is very clear at the end of this uh, that the demon bar bear is this very... I mean, beyond just being this um, sort of haunting ghost of the, the, the death of her parents, it really does also seem to signify um, this... Um, sort of haunting of America, you know, of white colonial taking over Native American land. Like there's there's a little bit of nods to that in terms of what the Badlands is supposed to be, what it's supposed to represent, um, that, that heartache, that pain. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. But again, once it's destroyed, it, and it's also been found to have been this specific curse on these specific people, you're right. It should not come back. And you know what? They waited. They. It was 18 years. They could have just let the demon bear not come back ever. They did wait, but um, I, I think they should have left it. <laughs> you know, the one thing that, that this has going for it is just the visualization of the demon bear. It, it, it's you can have other artists interpret warlock. Sure. I don't. I don't know that the demon bear works in anyone else's hands. Well, it's because everyone else just draws bear, right? Right. And the and demon he, bear is a bear, but it's also larger like a than life. 
Yeah, yeah he's like a giant shadow massive. monster. It's it's a bear that encompasses literally everything it finds. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, we should probably give a quick nod to um, one of the <laughs> uncomfortable parts of this story, <laughs> which is what the demon bear does uh, to two of the white. Uh, one of them's a nurse and the other one's a police officer. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom Corsi and Sharon Friedlander, they get sucked into the orb, into the Badlands too, and the demon bear... Makes them like demons to fight the new mutants, which is fine. Like it's a, it's okay. You guys are gonna be fine. And okay, you're you're dressed like demon bear right now. Fine, whatever. Uh, then they go back to the real world and they just they they've been race bent into native uh indigenous people. Uh, and that's not great. That's a weird. No. It's a weird coda to the story. <laughs> and they stay that way and you until know, they a... die in the 90s <laughs> exactly like they they live out their days uh very very strange to have uh that happen in this story and and really That's like, like a last they... page thing so i can ignore really? it you can uh, i mean xavier certainly does his big thing in the last page is like i'm gonna tell dr strange about it i'm gonna tell dr strange about it he says that twice and I don't think he ever did. I don't think he ever told Doctor Strange about that one. No, I don't think so at all. He was just like, I don't. you you guys can work on the grounds uh, if you'd like, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll make sure you're set up with a good salary. And you can, what do they do? They like work in the stables after this. I mean, they it's, just, it's, they it's, just they're support staff for the school, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Very strange. Um, so, aside from that. Classic. Classic. I love this story. Love this story. Um, yeah, it's savage. It's classy. It's bougie. It's ratchet. It's everything you want. Uh, <laughs> so we're probably going to have to rank it on our giant master list of all the X-Men stories ever from all time. Of Tell which me more about have, this list. Well, we got 402 stories on this list, Adam. Uh, the number one story is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, the number 100th story is All New X-Men 37, which is that time that Emma and Jean go to Madripoor in that Mike Del Mike Del Mundo probably draws a good demon bear. I was going to say, that would be a... I'd love to see him or Rod uh, Reese. Rod, Re- Rod Reese would be... I, I don't want this to come off wrong because I think Rod Reese is a brilliant artist. I think Rod Reese... Uh, has almost too much influence from like Sinkevich and that kind of vibe, especially with his new mutant stuff that I don't know if it would be a unique enough take because I don't think you just have to ape Sinkevich. I think you need to make it make a demon bear otherworldly and whether that's in your style or someone else's, like I think Mike Del Mundo uh, has a different enough style that he could do a really cool demon bear that, you know, still pulls from what Sienkiewicz does in these stories, but gives his own twist. I like Del Mundo. I think he got a bad rap on his Thor series. Uh, I think he's great. He's amazing. He's great. Anyway, what was that at? 100 or 200? That's at 100. Number 200 is X-Men Annual Number 1 from 2007. That's the one where they go and rescue Aurora and Northstar uh, and Exodus shows up. Cool, uh, cool. Number 300 is X-Men... Uh, 65 to 69, Operation Zero Tolerance. 
number 400 is X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire, which is bad. Ooh. Oh, no, we have to no, we have to get more stories and push those down because I don't want to have to say two of them. 402's the Draco. Um, <laughs> mm, 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 guys, mm, okay, so this is top 100 easy. Okay, I think that's a no-brainer. It's top yes. 50 for sure. Yes. Um, now you you you've highlighted an issue that I think is a very good comparison, and that's at number fourteen right now. That's New Mutants twenty one Slumber Party. Yeah, and Slumber Party comes immediately after this, and I think that just from a personal faves, that may be the the single that might be my favorite single issue of New Mutants. However, I think this is a better story, and it is by far. Uh, a more classic, like if you're going to do one new mutant story, it, it's probably this one, right? It's the reason they're adopting this into the movie instead of Slumber Party, which I would also <laughs> like to see. Sure, right? It's great. What if? What a fun idea for uh, for an issue. Um, all right, so Slumber Party is at 14 on our list. We're saying this is higher than that. Um, it is. Now, the highest New Mutants thing that we have on our list is at, in the top 10, we have at number oh, yeah. five as Guardian War, uh, which is the crossover with X-Men from um, New Mutants Special Edition. Um, but we also have some stuff in between there. Uh, how? Hey, Adam, I... I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rip this Band-Aid right off. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think it's better than Asgardian War? Because I do. I think it is better than Asgardian War. And you yes. know I love my Asgardian War. I know War. you love Asgardian War. <laughs> hey, Adam, I also... Okay, we're going to... Asgardian War is number five. Yep. Our top five are Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, Astonishing X-Men Gifted, God Loves Man Kills, Asgardian War. Yep. I think... This is better than Astonishing X-Men Gifted. Easy. I agree. I think this should go... I don't think I would put it ahead of Days of Future Past, but I think this should be number three on our list. Okay, now this is this is what I was afraid of, and this is what we do need to discuss. I, I <laughs> Is it I better th- than Days of Future Past? I, here is what I would say. Is it better than Dark Phoenix Saga? I didn't say that. <laughs> Dark Phoenix Saga is a seminal work and gets to hit higher emotional beats largely because Uncanny X-Men was good before Dark Phoenix Saga and built up to being even better uh, during Dark Phoenix Saga, where true, New true. Mutants kind of actually sucked for 17 issues. <sighs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's not certainly not as, uh, as quality. So, uh, all right. Arguments for and against DOFP. That's, okay. Here's where it's at. Days of Future Past and Dark Fiend, er, and the Demon Bear are both interesting in that they do different things with the franchise. They are seminal stories. They work really well. They push new characters to new heights and give you something uh, that you wouldn't have all honestly gotten from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they are very comparable. I think Days of Future Past, if there's any flaw in it, 
It's that it tells two parallel stories, but one of the parallel stories doesn't actually end. The future stuff just kind of falters off. And there's seeds that Claremont will, you know, go back to later. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very, it's very, it's a very anti-climax with uh, Days of Future Past only because it's like, hey, the X-Men saved the day. But to those X-Men and to everyone, they just did the normal thing. They don't have the same stakes that we as the readers in that story have uh, when you know the future half of it. Whereas, Demon Bear's really good and I like Bill Sienkiewicz better than John Byrne. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I think I would still give the the slight edge to Days of Future Past if only because, and hear me out on this. I'm listening. Because um, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to do necessarily with um, with John Byrne versus Sienkiewicz. Um because I think that they are both classic in their own way for their own time periods. Um, I'm thinking more in terms of what are the overarching themes in both of these stories that really transfer onto almost all other uh, stories. And I feel like the slight edge to that has to go to the origin of the time travel stuff that you see in Days of Future Past, which pops up over and over and over again. Um, Demon Bear does introduce this sort of magic sorcery aspect of X-Men, which again, does, is a repeating motif as we go through the years, but it's certainly not as prevalent, um, as these competing timelines become, uh, as we go through X-Men canon. So for that Can- reason, I think I would go with DOFP for number two. Can I make one rebuttal? Go for it. Because I, I think that's a great point, but... X-Men would have got there. Like, they would have gotten to a time travel story and having that be a big part of them if it wasn't, or if Days of Future Past didn't exist. Days of Future Past does something that is important for the X-Men. Generally, boilerplate in superhero comics, all things considered, even before uh, Days of Future Past happens. But important for the X-Men. And it does it well. It does it incredibly well. Demon Bear is not where this goes because ever since this new mutants gets this weird horror aspect to it that you don't mm-hmm. expect from the X babies book even the last arc of the ed brisson uh and uh flaviano uh new mutants that just that's came true out, is kind of an homage to this it's heavily inspired with that weird like not, e- not in this case not just mystic but like psychedelic vibe like the new mutants now take chances that the x-men books won't and to me i would rank that higher but i will respect your wishes well i think you may have changed my mind and and here's why is because i think you are absolutely correct despite the fact that the the i i don't know if i necessarily agree with your argument that the time travel stuff would have gotten there without days of future past because i feel like that sets it up as a core element of X-Men storytelling where I do agree with you is that demon bear is more revolutionary. It does something starkly new in a way that I don't know that we had seen in superhero comics before this bill had not been illustrating like this before this arc. Chris had not been telling stories like this. Even if you look at what bill was doing on moon Knight, which starts as Neil Adams stuff. And then, ends in a really interesting place that like you see where he's going to sure. go like in demon bear 
Demon Bear's this interesting thing where Sukevich is still a little reserved. He's holding back a bit, mm -hmm. which I think makes it more approachable than something like Stray Toasters. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> or Electra Assassin, where it's like, you know, even collage art going in there. Right. Um, and all that's great, but it's not. This is that perfect mix of what Bill Sienkiewicz is and what superhero comics are, and it blends them together in a really cool way. I love this story. All right. I think we have come to a, an agreement here that this is the number two story on our list. We spent three years to get to this moment. <laughs> and half an hour talking about this story, and I think we've made a very good decision here, Zach. Listen, that's time well spent. Uh, uh, absolutely. Hey, what's the what's the next one we're doing? We're not we're not talking about the next appearance of the Demon Bear. Actually, I read that. That's in X Force, uh, ninety nine and a bit in one hundred, uh, and it's interesting. It's got Jim Chung art, uh, but one hundred's not on that app, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I just I just organized all my comics. I didn't want to get them out. I'm being... Well, this is this is still an X Force story. It is just not. Uh, it is from a later volume. So um, right. What volume of X Force is this? This is X-Force Volume 3, written by Chris Kyle and Craig Yost. Mm -hmm. or, no, Craig Croft. You got it backwards. Craig Kyle <laughs> and Chris Yost. You know what? Yep. They, need to, they need to have different names. It's really annoying. It's Kyle and Yost. They have, they have three first names between them. And I just, you, I know the C's are the starting ones. You, you can't. You can't hold that against me. Uh, Mike Choi, who sucks, does the art. And uh, Sonia Obeck uh, uh, does the colors uh on this one it's called old ghosts uh it's the black and gray mean x-force team right right and we've uh i think we've previously ranked the first six issues of this series uh before on the show mm -hmm. uh, um i don't remember liking them very much but uh this is around the time that that bastion was bringing back all of the the dead uh x baddies and um this is uh, kind of a two-part, two two storylines going on here. Um, you just brought up an image of my the more interesting one to me, which is Warpath plus Ghost Rider versus the Demon Bear. Um, I liked that part better than the other part of this, which is the Vanisher has stolen the Legacy Virus, and we need to go and stop him. Yeah, that part. Yeah, so Warpath Warpath is mad because Wolverine said, "Hey, hey, if you go down this path, bub, you ain't you ain't washing these stains off." And then Warpath <laughs> was like, "Oh no, I killed a lot of people, like a lot of people. Right. I should go I should go think about this." Mm -hmm. So he goes to visit uh he goes to visit his brother's grave uh and where all of his uh all of his tribe is um, and Demon Bear shows up, and Adam. <sighs> Here's my first problem. Okay, go for it. Uh, Dan Danielle Moonstar is a member of the uh, of the Cheyenne tribe. Right. Proud Stars. Proud Stars are Apache. That's correct. Those are different. Exactly. That's that's. That's like taking Greek mythology and smashing it up and saying, yes, this is what Vikings like, right? This is the Viking thing. It's same. All same. Uh, 
I, I have not done my homework in terms of how much Chris Claremont actually did in terms of research for the creation of. The oh, I assume, the I'm I assume very little. I'm assuming very little. He was like, okay, uh, Native Americans, um, wildlife, you know, attachment to nature. Like, I assume that he did sort of the most basic. So I don't know how much we can really pick on him for that. However, if we are establishing that within Marvel continuity, a certain group of Native Americans have this particular uh, spirit running through them, it is a little bit weird. You're absolutely right to then move to another part of that culture and say they have the same exact traditions and or belief systems. Can I tell you my second big annoyance with this part of the uh, with this part of the story? Please do. Hey, you know how Ghost Rider, who I'm double checking which one it is, because it doesn't matter. Um, no. Legitimately, it doesn't matter which Ghost Rider. It's, it was Johnny Blaze. This one's yes. Johnny Blaze. I wasn't sure who was Ghost Rider in 2009, but it was Johnny Blaze. Uh, Johnny Blaze does teach. Does teach. James Proudstar, a man who grew up on a reservation. No, this is what this is. This is your heritage. This is all the things that you need to know. Hey, Johnny. Maybe maybe take a step back, right? It's not great. Uh no, and and it gets to a point in the the last issue where Ghost Rider is actually face painting uh Warpath. Um it's I agree. It is not in any way whatsoever culturally sensitive. Um, I, I, you know, what we're describing here is actually the, uh, the, it's got much less of a page count than this whole thing about like stealing the legacy virus um, and, and following this vial around and, and this whole thing with Elixir and X-23 um, and it actually turns out that the demon bear just has, uh, you know, kind of a thorn in his paw. He doesn't literally feel has a dagger, good. right? That's he it. has a skull dagger uh, buried into his side, and so um, they they basically just have to, you know, pull it out. And demon bear is, is their buddy, and he well, after turns they into do the ghost dance. Yes, he turns into all kinds of uh, of uh, of uh, what is it, uh, Patronus? <laughs> He's got like. I mean, I believe. As insensitive as it would be, or as that phrase is, I believe in this context, they are specifically going for indigenous spirit animals and that kind of vibe. Do think you make a good point that they are doing it pretty insensitively. I, I it's it, it's just I'm not an expert on it. It doesn't feel like they did their research. No. No, uh, you know, anything having to do with uh, with James Proudstar in general just doesn't seem like it ever had any sort of um, basis in in real Native American culture. I just and, and I, you know, obviously am not uh, by any means as knowledgeable as I should be about it, but it does seem very much like just we made this up. Um, and so you know, even the appearance of the demon bear and to say that it's even supposed to be the same demon bear we had seen before, that doesn't make any sense. You know, it makes no sense. And yeah. 
so I, I, I know we're concentrating a lot on the cultural insensitivity uh, of this storyline, but I think just logically, it does not make sense. It, it's, it insensitive, it's insensitive to indigenous cultures. It's also insensitive to my culture as an X-Men fan uh, <laughs> on, on a different and less important level. Uh, but all the same, it didn't need to be Demon Bear. No, they didn't. Absolutely they didn't need not. to do that. No, uh, and then then we should we should talk about the other story that does take up most of the time. Domino shows up. That's nice. I like Dom. Sure, just kind of interested romantically in Wolverine, which I don't like. Um, there is there is a mini series we have yet to cover from this era called X Force: Sex and Violence. That's about Domino and Wolverine uh, having sex and doing some murders. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the art being good in that one. The art in this one's bad, though. I don't um, like it. Yeah, there's there's some other stuff. I mentioned Elixir before. He is here and um, is willing to get mind wiped by the cuckoos. Um, later, Lara sacrifices herself for him and and like almost burns to death uh, while they're fighting the right. She gets better. Of course she does. She's, she's X-23. And um, it's, I don't know, it's fine. It's all just sort of leading towards um, this stuff with Bastion. But, you know, it's okay. It's it's a lot like this, this volume of X-Force. You know, you got the team. They're going to go on grisly, bloody adventures. And I, I, it's not really for me. I remember liking this era more than you. I know that. I also know that I remember when I was reading, I was like, this arc kind of seems like it's not doing anything. It's yeah. just doing another mission. Yeah, it's it's basically a long four issues of chasing, um, you know, chasing Vanisher, then fighting with the right, and then it's done. You know, it, you're talking it, about Teleford Porter, right? Teleford Porter? Wait, who is that? As Remind me. Teleford Porter. The Vanisher who teleports. Wait, is that really his real name? I never. Yes. Knew that. That's oh my his god. Real name. <laughs> How did I not As know that? As portrayed by Bradley Pitt in the movie Deadpool Two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who clearly filmed his cameo from his living room in front of a, a white wall or something? No, um, he was literally. He was. They they had like called in a favor because they thought it would be funny, and he said, "I'm going to be in the neighborhood." On this one day, you can have my lunch break. Yeah, <laughs> that's very clear that that's what they what they did. Um, yeah, this is not great. So um, I, I know we have um, another X Force arc on here, and I believe it is at eighty six. Is that right? Yeah, this is way worse than that. I agree. I mean, there's not a lot of of fun here. I mean, I. I I don't know. I mean, despite the artwork, which I, I do not like um, very much, there, there's just not a lot of story going on here either. So I, I don't know. This doesn't seem that, you know, memorable. Start of the road trip, start of the road trip era is 192 mm -hmm. or 172. And I like that better. I agree. Um, I think we have another Ghost Rider team up at 188, which is Hearts of Darkness. I like that a whole bunch better. Yeah, Hearts of Darkness is better than this. Uh, at 220 is another story uh, that we recently talked about that does both have Jimmy Proudstar and uh, Bad Art. 
Uh, and that's Astonishing X-Men 13 through 17 until our hearts stop, which I like better. I'm trying to... Where, how far down do we want to go here? I mean, I think that Uncanny 341 to 344 with the Joe Mad art is better than this. I'm scrolling. Is this better than Spider-Man versus Wolverine? Because that feels in the right neighborhood. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's better than that. Like below that, you're starting to get into some some not great things. Um, how do you feel about it? I, I would say the uh, Quanin arc of X Men Volume Two is probably better than this too. Perfect. Um, I'd say this is probably better than the Hunt for Xavier, though. I'll give it. I'll give it that. Yeah. Hunt for Hunt for Xavier is messy. That's a mess. That's a mess. So this is going to be our new two sixty. This is going to be our new 260 X-Force Volume 3 Old Ghosts. We're going to stay with X-Force, though. That's right, uh, because they just can't let a poor demon bear uh, rest, can they? Um, And we are going to go to what I consider maybe one of my least favorite X-Force runs of all time. Um Oh boy. Are you talking about Sam Humphrey's Uncanny X-Force from Marvel I Now? sure am. And, uh, you know, I had never read uh, all 17 issues of this. Um, I kind of popped in and out of it because I was reading um, Cable and, and X-Force at the same which time. Which is good. Which and I enjoy. haven't ranked any of. Oh, really? That's true. I really like that. Um, I reread it. I reread it right before the pandemic. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this still. Yeah, so um, we're going to rank the first six issues of this, but I did end up reading the entire run, and I deeply disliked it. Did you read the entire run this weekend, too? Yeah, because I was just like, wait a minute. I just want to make sure that when we do this episode, I know what I'm talking about, because I had some deep misconceptions about what this story was based on what people had told me. And I'm very glad I did, because... Uh, my misconceptions were completely wrong, as a misconception is, uh, and I was deeply disappointed. Uh, yeah, so this is written by Sam Humphreys, uh, mm-hmm. who you might know from the excellent Dial H comic that DC uh, did last year. Him and Joe Canonis, fabulous. Best things Humphreys has ever written. Uh, Sam Humphreys is not my favorite comic book writer of all time. Beyond that, from everything I hear, he's a great dude. Cool. I would like to read that. I have not read that. I've heard really good things. Hey, Dial H is good. It's a, such a cool <laughs> Adam, concept. Adam, you specifically would love this run of Dial H. All right. I will check that out. Um, what I wish I had not checked out was this Uncanny X-Force run. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ron, it's Ron Garney. Ron Garney does art for the first four issues. And then the last two of this, we're doing the first six issues because that's really the first arc, mm-hmm. more or less. Uh, the last two are split between Dexter Soy and uh, Adrian Alfona. Uh, David Curio does some colors. Uh, Christina Strain does some colors. We get Chris uh, Anka doing covers. Uh, beautiful Chris Anka covers. does some good covers. Great covers. Uh, let's just start with the lineup of this team, which I hate. Um, there's not a lineup is the thing. Storm <laughs> Storm and Psylocke hang out in, uh, go on a vacation in Hollywood and Puck's there. Uh, and Wolverine asks them to do a favor with Puck from Alpha Flight and they say, okay. 
Right. And that favor is to uh, apparently apprehend Spiral, who is just minding her darn business, hanging out with a mutant kid who is getting some people high. And like, yeah, she is dealing drugs, which. But no, but in reality, she's not. She's really just doling out like ibuprofen to people. And then like this kid is like, hey, you feel good now. And like, leave Spiral alone. She's. She's not killing anybody. She's not doing anything bad. But of course, she has all this baggage with uh, Psylocke has all this baggage with her. So things do she not go well. She did rip out her eyes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but And then uh, she did switch her body into someone else's body. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. And as it's happening, we are going to get a real fun return of a genocidal maniac known as bishop hey hey don't you don't you love bishop didn't you do didn't you do a very large comic about about this man all right guys we we just have to i'm just gonna breeze through this for for real quick okay because you guys know i love bishop but here this is a demon bear episode he is possessed by the demon bear Now, keep in mind that when we last saw Bishop, he was stranded in the far, 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 far off future. The 68th century. Right, right. And um, I had been under the impression for quite some time, and this is where my giant misconception comes from, that was that that was the retcon that kind of explained why he genocided. Let me tell you, folks. That's not what happens here. <laughs> no, he just did a lot of genocide. He and did. And then, then became a monk. And then accidentally brought both the demon bear and Cassandra Nova back from the future. By the way. Yes. The demon bear is a Mamundri, uh, the the Shi'ar uh, anti-self uh, of no one in particular in this case. Maybe this is a demon bear, but it's not treated like it's a different demon bear. It is not, and uh, there's this whole thing with Bishop being a revenant hunter. Um, so, in this far off future, he hunts people who are possessed by animal spirits that are being controlled by Cassandra Nova, who is known as the Owl Queen. Um, yeah, all of them are all of them are Mamundri. Yes, it's wild. Yes. So when we see Bishop, he is sort of like bear-like and everybody is gonna beat up on each other but we're getting these peaks into his consciousness and it's supposed to be kind of like i know it's not supposed to be sinkevichy but it's it's illustrated by um who's the illustrator that does yes who does miss marvel um those are my favorite parts of the story but still like not nearly as magical and as abstract as as they really should be Alfona is a weird choice for this. I I love their art. Mm-hmm. I I think Runaways is beautiful. I think Ms. Marvel, beautiful. Like, yes, give me more of this. Weird choice for the mind of the dark genocidal murder boy that was Gam- or Bishop, mm-hmm. who's possessed by the demon bear, who at the end of this arc, the demon bear, does jump out of Bishop's body and hangs out with Psylocke, where the demon bear will remain for the rest of this run, which is <laughs> weird and less important than you think it would be. Uh, yeah, and eventually, like, becomes... Uh, it, it turns on her eventually, but... it And then goes to live in another dimension after it feels bad. 
Right, right. The the major, I think, story arc is less so about the the demon bearer and its possession of Bishop, um, and much more so about Psylocke's ongoing trauma in Mojo in the Mojo verse and her beef with uh, with Spiral, which which does come down to uh, a final duel between the two of them. And I, I don't know; it just doesn't feel like there's stakes here. Yeah, because there's not, is the thing. Yeah. Like, as as important as Spiral was to those specific events of uh, the body trauma that Betsy underwent, in a very real way, Spiral has never been a focus for Betsy. Like, the eye stuff, if you're going to blame anyone, you'd be looking at the Slaymaster stuff from the Captain Britain comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the body swap stuff, uh, Matseo Suriaba gets all of the credit for that one. Uh, so it's weird. It's weird that this is a follow-up, direct follow-up to Remender's Uncanny X-Force. It's weird that Phantom X is marketed as a big part of this, but in this entire run really shows up for three issues. Yeah, the the next arc of this uh, comic is because Phantom X has been split into Phantom X, Dark Phantom X, and Cluster, who then gets into a romantic triangle square. I, I, I well, you know. it's a square, but three of the sides <laughs> of the same person, <laughs> right? Who are then also um, into each other. Uh, so that that arc is is has has some merit. Um, that's got some interesting stuff in it, but this none of that's in this one. No, none of it is. Um, uh, that we get we get some some little, um, you know, a couple pages here and there of whatever they're up to, but it, it it's really just to lead into that next arc. And uh, I don't know, like it's six issues of Wolverine told us to go get Spiral, and we ran into to Bishop. Um, he's got a demon bear in him, and then that's it. I mean, it's all seeding this larger storyline with with Cassandra Nova coming back um, that also later on is also very anticlimactic. Yeah, and all kind of sucks, right? And Puck! I hate him! You hate Puck! At least here. Like, I have enjoyed Puck in other stories. I enjoy him in, in Alpha Flight stories that I have read. I do not like the way he is written here. I mean, he's supposed to be... Um, you know, bratty and chauvinistic, but it's just so over the top here and, and unnecessary. Like, I think you're... I think Humphrey's dialogue in this, in general, is a little over the top and mm. tends to emphasize uh, traits that I don't like that are just kind of annoying. Uh, hey, is it weird? I was I was just looking at that picture again. Is it weird that I couldn't tell you a ding dang thing Storm does in these seventeen issues, much less these six here? She's just there. She's just there, you know. Um, and, and guys, write Storm better. Just someone, someone has got to be able to do it, right? Seriously, uh, it can't just be Claremont. No, and and this is. I'm trying to think. We're in the same time period as Brian Wood's uh, storm as well, right? In, Launches during or the the X Men run that has Storm and Psylocke in it. Launches in like issue three or four of this. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, she really has no 
there's no really interesting reason for her to be here. I also just want to point out for our, our viewers who are watching this live that this is what the demon bear looks like. Uh, oh wait, I'm going the wrong way with the camera. Yeah, it's not 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 a fabulous. Not demon bear. Uh, not Bill Sinkevich. Uh, very just a bear. Just just a big old bear. He's cute. <laughs> just a bear. One. There is one choice I like in this a lot, and that is uh, the lettering. Uh, for all the cusses, it's just a black sensor bar, and I think that works, actually. <laughs> I don't hate that. I just, you can tell that Humphreys um, is... Put a lot of cusses in there right, so you can like, do it. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and there's they're in places where he doesn't need them. So it, it, it seems superfluous. It really doesn't seem necessary. Little bit. Little yeah. bit. Right? Um, like, this is rated R. Like, calm down, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> right where should we rank this one uh is it better or worse than what we just ranked no i liked old ghosts better i think i did too so uh um i like i like x-men volume four one through three primer better than this i would That's agree 277 yeah i would agree um i think this is probably on par with how do you feel about it against something like Extreme X-Men Expose at I like 290? Extreme X- I like Extreme X-Men Expose better. Uh, at 301 is Extraordinary X-Men 1 through 5, that's which is a bad comic. Yeah, but that's better than this, I think. It's better than this is the thing. Yeah. Um, All right, now the we're really The 1995 X-Force and Cable Annual is better than this. Yeah. Uh, hunt That Hunt for Wolverine thing's better than this, I think. I, yeah, better or worse than Muir Island Saga? I think it's worse. Worse. Better or worse than Life and Times of Lucas Bishop? That's got that bad Larry Stroman art. Oh, man. You know how I love Larry Stroman, but the art there is... uh, I love Larry Stroman before 2006. Not his best work. Though he did do a really great... X Factor variant just recently. For that, was that was great. That was fantastic. And his, if that you check him great. out on check him check him out on Instagram, he's doing a lot of sketch work. His he's drawing necks really long now for some reason, but it's still amazing. He draws like strong guy like every day. Um, hey, you know how you know how believable it is that Larry Stroman just got real into long necks. Like he's like, <laughs> no, that's that's how I want my art to be. That sounds exactly like him. I love it. How do you feel about this versus... I think it's worse than that, um, than Life and Times of Lucas Bishop. Better or worse than Betrayal in the Bermuda Triangle, X-Men Volume 3, 16 to 19? Worse. It's worse than... I would... Here's where I would put it. Yeah. I would put it... Because we've gotten we've gotten to the dregs of this list. We really have. Uh, I, would, I would put it above X-Men The Search for Cyclops below exiled the new mutants jim crossover i'm okay with that that sounds like a good place so that's going to make this our new 327 it is this is our new 327 guys yeah. i'm sorry and for those that of was you a who, downer yeah and for don't those use of you demon who bear thought, anymore creators yeah don't do that and for those of you who thought that charles soul just like put bishop back into 90s no go go and read this uh the 17 issue arc and be like oh no that's to not be good. fair <laughs> to be fair this arc does climax with a crossover with cable and the x-force 
that ends with Hope stabbing Bishop and saying, stay away from my family. Like, I'm not going to keep murdering you, but you stay away. Yeah. And then Bishop being like, I deserved that. Yeah. yeah. He also, Cable also shakes hands with him. Um, anyway, he's, he's we'll, a bigger man. we will review that at another time and I will get very angry about it. Um, hey, we demon bared. This happened. We did a demon bear finally. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much, everyone, for being patient with us. Uh, don't go to see the movie unless you can uh, ensure you and your family's safety uh, and your friends and everybody around you. Uh, even if you feel like you won't get sick, well, you don't know what you're carrying right now. And, like, just, like... Just be safe, people. It ain't going to be worth it. No. No. Guys, it's... it's don't... Don't Every think... movie this year has gotten to streaming pretty quick. They'll find a way. Exactly. And even if they don't, you'll be okay. Yep. It'll you can skip right. a new Christopher Nolan movie and stay healthy. You can you can skip this movie with not black uh sunspot in it. It'll Oof. be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, magic's great. Magic's <laughs> magic's incredible. Rain's Love her great. to death. Rain's great. Everything else, I'm like, could we not? Going to be interesting. Uh, Interesting's one word for it. Hey, Adam, where can people find you online? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me at Xavier Files. We got all the latest and greatest stuff uh, with the X Men uh, multiverse going on on that one. Uh, What's next week? Uh, we are doing something oh! much, much more recent. Uh, I think we need a. Uh... It's going to be an X Men update uh, all week. I didn't mean for it. Adam uh, picked it. That's so right. Blame him. This is my fault. Um, it's a hundred percent his fault, and I love it. Uh, but until then, guys. This oh uh, if you want your own thing Patreon you know where to that go to the Patreon do your do do your dirty business, um uh, but until then this has been Bally Adam we hope you survived the experience.